0: Or loss, or something unfair, or something painful that's happened, then the natural thing is to think about those and to ruminate about those things. And pretty soon, neuroscientists will tell you that the more you go down those thought patterns, the wider the highway in your head that track becomes. The Bible says, set your minds and keep them set on what's above the higher things not the things that are on the earth. Pastor Tony, uh, Tony Thompson who runs Glory City Atlanta was sharing um, testimonies of a lady in his church that had lymphoma um, and it, it had spread into the bones and they showed the the scans of you know the cancer just everywhere and he went up to the hospital to go and pray for her and She was instantly healed. The scans have shown there is not a trace of cancer anywhere left in her body, which is just so beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. And then um, then their prophetic artist who paints during worship, um, she was diagnosed with cervical cancer uh, and a big tumour on the cervix. And they prayed that night. She went home and passed the tumour. And then went to a doctor and said, I think, I think I'm healed. And she actually took a photo of this thing. She passed. And the doctor said, well, I can't explain that. But yes, and now we've done the PET scan. And yes, there's no trace of cancer in your system. You're completely healed. <laughs> Hallelujah. So wow, God. And then he prayed. Tony prayed for a gentleman that came to the, the conference. Who had, he was in a very bad way. He had been given only two months to live. He had a five pound tumor in his, in his bladder. Um, Abby was there, and he had other, t- other cancers in his body. He, and he was just, they, they wheeled him in, and he was just not, had no, no energy, had tubes everywhere. And, um, Tony prayed for him and he just felt the power of the Holy Ghost. Suddenly all his energy came back. He went looking for the tumour, couldn't find the tumour and you know we were all celebrating. But then that night he got into trouble because the the tubes that were all to drain um, in for his bladder they all got blocked all at once and he had a system for clearing it out but the normal system wasn't clearing it and so in the meeting, we had, they had to call the paramedics. You know, when you think, well, that's not a very good miracle meeting if the paramedics are up the back, you know. Um, but Tony was like, oh, no, I know he got healed. I reckon, I reckon, he, he was saying, I reckon that tumor's dissolved and it's trying to be expelled through those tubes because that's what's going on. I went, oh, yeah, okay, Tony, Tony, but let's just call the paramedics. Me of great faith. Turns out, the following week when he goes back to, where was he from, Maryland, and um, goes back, the doctor checks it out, he goes, I think this is what's happened. Your tumour has dissolved, and the reason all the tubes were getting blocked, the catheter and everything was getting blocked, is because it's actually come out through the tubes, and you no longer have... Bladder tumor. We're waiting on the PET scan to see if there's any other cancer in his body, but like, that's a wild story. That's one for the archives. Hallelujah. That was cool. And so it was delightful. And so many, so many things that we saw the Lord do and had the privilege of um, continuing my studies. Hallelujah. Pray for me. I'm halfway through my doctorate. Lord, have mercy on Catherine hallelujah but it's been so good to go through just all the history of pentecostal theology and to understand where it's all come from and i've just i'm growing hallelujah growing pains hallelujah but so wonderful so thank you for being here tonight it's lovely to have you in the house i tell you There is nothing like being together in the presence of God, worshiping the Lord. Sometimes on your own at home to worship and to praise, Can be a bit of a struggle, but you know, there's something about the corporate anointing that just carries us and it's powerful and it's a healthy and a good place to be. So, well done. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And you know, you coming out tonight, there is a reward for you. God has encouragement for you, God has strength for you because you've made room for him. You know, when the prodigal son just took one step toward home, when he was a long way off, still. The Father saw it. And he ran toward him, wrapped his arms around him, and restored everything. And that's what it looks like. When you take one step, you go, Okay, I'm going to come out on a Friday night. You're taking a step toward the Father, and every time you do, he's running toward you, saying, Oh, I love you. Well, I was... um, with the prophets recently, in, uh, from all around the world, Sarah was with me. And one of the key words that came out was, Come up higher. We know in Revelation that John was told, Come up here and I'll show you things to come. Uh, uh, Psalm one hundred and ten, uh, Sal- Colossians chapter 3 tells us this, and it's beautiful. Colossians 3, verse 1, I'm going to read it from the Amplified. If then you've been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things not on the things of the earth for as far as this world's concerned you've died and your new real life is hidden with christ in god hallelujah set your mind and keep them set on the higher things the things that are above you know We have just renovated our house, and we've been out of our house since April, and on Sunday we got to move back in. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm rejoicing. Um, But they've they've moved some walls, and the door to my bedroom is no longer the door to my bedroom, it's the door to the cupboard. (laughs) And I still keep going to the cupboard door, and, okay, that's not my bedroom. (laughs) Because it's a well-worn path and a habit that has been established over many years. Just, okay, I've done it too many times to admit already this week. But you know, there are well-worn tracks in our head that can, we can have that are just default tracks. If you've been betrayed or if you've been hurt or if you've been suffered trauma or loss or something unfair or something painful that's happened, then the natural thing is to think about those and to ruminate about those things and think about it and think about it. And pretty, sh- pretty soon neuroscientists will tell you that the more you go down those thought patterns, the wider the highway in your head, that track, comes and so when you're at rest that you just the easiest thing is to go down the well-worn habitual track of what you've been thinking about anybody ever get caught in those unpleasant tracks oh, just a few of you I do sometimes hallelujah but as, as you the more you think about it the more you're establishing this negative path in your head. The Bible says set your minds and keep them set on what's above, the higher things, not the things that are on the earth. I found myself in one of these tracks. I had actually got some victory over this and I hadn't gone down this particular track for, well, oh, maybe a year. And then suddenly someone brought this up, that, that situation up, And the next thing I know, that night, I'm thinking about it again. And then I'm like, no, I don't want to think about that. And then I'm brushing my teeth and I'm thinking about it again. You know, the enemy works to try and keep you captive to thoughts that are going to cause you to go down negative paths that are going to keep you in a place of captivity. The Bible says, take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Any thought that's not pure and lovely and of a good report. That's what Philippians 4 says. Think on these things. Whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is uh, true, whatever is um, uh, lovely, think about these things. So. We have authority in Jesus to recognize when the enemy's trying to bring us back down ugly paths and and there's power. But you know some of the keys I thought about as in um, in going down these tracks, what I wanna, uh, in stopping going down these tracks, is what I want to talk to you about tonight. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to bring us into a place of freedom and He wants to help you receive His healing for you. I shared on Sunday that flying into Harrisburg last week, I, um, I got to see something I'd always wanted to see. I remember about a year ago seeing a photograph on the internet, it was like a National Geographic photo, of a full circle rainbow. And I didn't even know these things existed. You know, when you see a rainbow, it's really wonderful if you see a full arc. That's exciting, but when you're at exactly the right altitude, if you're high enough and the sun is just right and the clouds are just right, it's rare, but pilots often, well, sometimes see them. You get to see the full circle rainbow because you're not your perspective is not limited by the earth. The earth's horizon limits our perspective, but when you're up above the rainbow, you can actually see the full circle. Now the scriptures tell us that there's an a rainbow around the throne of God. That's a full circle rainbow. And I saw this as I flew in to Harrisburg, and then that night, as I'm cleaning my teeth, my mind's going back down this ugly path. i God, like, oh, no, I don't want to go down that path. And the Lord reminded me about this full circle rainbow. See, when I'd seen that photo about a year ago, I was back in that place where I was worrying about things and stressing about things and I remember going to sleep that night, closing my eyes and the Lord just brought to my memory the picture of this full circle rainbow. And a rainbow to me and in scripture represents the promise. God set the rainbow in the heavens as a a promise to us. And as I closed my eyes and I saw this full-circle rainbow, I was reminded, I've got you surrounded and covered with my promises, that I'm going to bring everything full-circle, that I've got you completely surrounded. And, and I, re- I remembered the, the Lord wanting to speak and say, hey, come up higher. I don't want your mind set on the things of the earth. I want to bring you up higher. And so, as I'm going down this track, to, I just went, Help God! I don't want to keep going down there. And I heard him say, I'm not thinking about that. And I said, "Well, oh, that's good. What are you thinking about? I thought maybe he was thinking about Israel or you know, all the difficult things in the world. And he is. He's thinking about everything. I'm not suggesting that God is only thinking about one thing. But as I, I asked him, well, what are you thinking? He said, I'm thinking about you. A- and then I remembered this song I used to sing with, that Misty Edwards put out. Though, i's, though he's high and lofty, I'm always on his mind. Though I'm poor and needy, the Lord thinks about me. Though his name is holy, I'm always on his mind. And the Lord just began to sing it over me. You're always on my mind. I was like, oh God, that's lovely. Don't write to me and say you're egocentric or anything like that. But this is the reality. The scripture says that the thoughts he has about us are not even able to be numbered. Because you are always on his mind. He says, can a woman forget her child? Or have not the compassion on the son of her womb? I'm a mother. Let me tell you. Very difficult to forget a child. Like, they're always on your mind. Any mothers here? It's true, right? But he says, they may even forget. Even if they could forget, I will not forget you. See, I've engraved you on the palms of my hands. You're always on his mind. And The Lord just immediately showed me, set me free from that track. But as I was thinking about living in this higher place, not letting the things of the earth limit my perspective of God's promises or pull me back into unpleasant tracks, I I began to think about what are the keys to staying free From these negative paths, the enemy wants to take us down. Neuroscience has answers where it's like if you keep thinking about that negative thing, it just gets wider and easier for you to default back down those tracks. Lucci would know about this, he's a professional counselor. Back down those tracks. But if you Take the thoughts captive, and you don't actually keep going there, and you keep replacing the thoughts with something else good or lovely or Thanksgiving, you can actually build a new path. And the more you go down that path, the stronger those thoughts will get, and your default will start to go down the most well worn track. And the other track will start to get weeds grown over. Not suggesting that there's weeds in your head, but that track will start to be less maintained neurologically. And it becomes less easy for it to be the default. Now the enemy always going to try and make you revisit those things. He's going to have you think about all the sad, bad, ugly, sad, bad, miserable. But God says, hey, this is the way to peace. Think about what is pure and lovely and of a good report. The way we do that is not just plain willpower. The gospel is not just about what I can do in my own strength. It's about the Holy Spirit giving us power and he gives us weapons. And the weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. When the enemy is surrounding you and trying to get you to be sad, bad, and miserable, you can say, help and the holy spirit will remind you of the words of jesus he'll remind you of the tools the weapons that you've been given and one of the weapons we've been given is thanksgiving i remember as a young woman um, just newly married i was probably 21 or i got married at 20 and i remember one day in my room thinking asking the lord Because I I began to develop this relationship with the Lord and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord. And while you're my teacher, Lord, can you explain to me, I don't know about spiritual warfare. I'd, I'd heard some things as I was growing up, but I didn't know what to bind, what to loose, what to pray. I just don't know the right words. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do spiritual warfare, God. Help. And he said to me, praise me worship me. That will be your most effective strategy in spiritual warfare. Because when you start to praise, when you start to give thanks, when you start to adore God, the glory and the lifter of your head helps you set your eyes on things above. He helps you remember I'm seated with him in heavenly places. He causes you to mount up on wings like eagles. He will cause you to renew your youth like the eagle. Bless the Lord, O my soul, Psalm 103 says, and forget not all his benefits because as I think about and remember his goodness, as I give thanks, he will renew my youth like the eagle. He'll bring refreshing. He'll bring strength because he'll give me the perspective of altitude where I can see the full circle where i can really have supernatural injections of faith where i remember All of his promises are yes and amen. He who began a good work in me will carry it through to completion. He makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He promises me no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hallelujah. I can see from heaven's perspective now. I'm not grasping at straws on the ground. I'm seated with him in heavenly places and I can see and think what he is thinking because he invites me. Me up and gives me the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. So we set our minds and keep them set on what's above. And giving thanks just helps us to, to change tracks. I remember um, being in a sad, bad, miserable place. It happens a bit to me. I'm a bit of a melancholy personality. Sensitive people, I tell you what, Lord have mercy on my husband. <laughs> But I'm I'm a a sensitive, creative person type, and you know my emotions. Like they had us when we first got married. We were at a retreat, young marrieds retreat, and they said, "Draw a line of your life." And I was like, and Tom drew a line. And the camp counselor said, "You." Surely, you know, what about when you got married? He goes, oh, <laughs> when you had children. <laughs> I love it, hallelujah. <laughs> and so he, we balance each other out, hallelujah. But in the, in the melancholies, I remember Darlene Cech saying one day, you've got to learn, songwriters need to learn how to manage the melancholy. Because the melancholy can be a wonderful gift, but it can also be a terrible burden if you don't don't manage it. And I think that there is an importance in recognizing that we aren't people who have to be subject to the ups and downs, but in everything we can give thanks and the peace of God will rule over our lives. Hallelujah! So instead of being ruled by the circumstances and the emotions and the feelings, Giving thanks actually causes the authority of Christ, the rule of God, the peace of God to be released in my life. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This isn't a to-do list, this is a rescue list. This is how Christ wants to rescue you every day. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. That is actually giving thanks. Now, sometimes when you read the Psalms, you I don't know about you, but you read these praise Psalms like, shout to the Lord, rejoice, bless the Lord. You know, that's nice, but oh, I'm looking for something that's really meaty going to speak to my heart. And we skip over it, or I've heard other people say, like in worship, yeah, let's just get into it. Why don't we just go straight into worship? As though the first bits of, you know, praising God, praise the Lord, sing his praises, like that's just a warm up, you know, let's get into the real stuff. But, you know, there is something that a lot of us don't understand about the power of praise. Praise truly is a weapon that is not carnal but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Because when you praise and you give thanks, uh, we were singing it today, praise, da 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 da, I can't remember the words. It was a great song And, and it was all the reasons why I'll give him thanks. All the reasons I'm going to praise. You might think, well, that's the fluffy song. Let's get to the deep, intimate stuff. I love the deep, intimate stuff. But I tell you, without the high praises, I am missing out on the glory and the joy that God wants to release in my heart that will renew my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God wants to release to you joy that will come through you making a choice to rejoice. To and again I say, rejoice. You think, oh, I don't want to be forced into to being happy. <laughs> Emily and I were in Korea and um, they had, I was ministering to all the leaders, and they had a, a guy that had a PhD in joy. Seriously, he um, he had done his PhD studying the effects of laughter in the human body. And he was a believer, and he was employed by the hospital. And people would pay. Um, med- he, he was a you know PhD medical guy. They would pay to have sessions with him where they would laugh. And so. In the middle of our like fourteen-hour days of teaching, like the Koreans, they go hard. I tell you, and um, they'd have little joy breaks where this PhD guy'd get up and go, "Okay, we're going to laugh," and then would are like, "I don't know how I feel about this," you know. And and he explained that actually laughing when you don't feel like it, even if it's forced, has the same effect on the dopamine levels in your head and releases all these particular endorphins that actually release healing, release joy, release strength. And so he'd be like, okay, everyone go, ha, 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 and we're like, oh. Ha uh, ha ha, we're the speakers so you know you gotta do what they're all doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at someone else go ah, 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 And I do it for fifteen minutes. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> and you know what? After about three days, I have to admit, and I got into it. <laughs> But there's a key being released in science that the Bible has known all along. He says rejoice. You don't have to tell someone to rejoice if they're already happy. You actually have to make a choice. And the way we do that is through praise. Rejoicing is praise. Micah is one of our monthly partners. He's traveled with us and watched as the Lord's been moving. Hear this wonderful testimony.
1: I have been so blessed to be a partner of Catherine and Tom. I have just received so much uh, rich revelation on the character of being, you know, just one of God's workmen and living in life with the, the joy of the Lord and, and mercy and just love for others. And I feel like just the blessings and the, the way of living life in that fashion has just increased my uh, and, and bettered my relationship with the Holy Spirit. It has really helped my uh, ministry to others. And moreover, we've just had some beautiful opportunities to receive impartations and activations for, you know, words of knowledge, for healing and all of the other uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so I just continually see that every month meeting with Catherine and Tom is just one of the best blessings and opportunities that I've had in my life.
0: I'd love you to consider becoming a monthly partner with us. We have so much fun together and we want to see the Lord touch the world.